Our lives intersect the lives of other people, groups, or even whole governments. What happens next is what I explore in this podcast. Welcome to Intersections. I'm Brett Dickerson, your host. background noise you hear here today is I-240 on the south side of Oklahoma City, and we're sitting outside Starbucks at uh, close to Penn and I-240. I'm talking to Forrest Bennett, who is the Democratic Party candidate for House District 92. Now, Forrest, you went through a primary election. You came out of that, didn't you? That's right. Fact, tell me tell first... me a little bit about the results about that last night. Sure. Well, first of all, this is the first time uh, someone has referred to me as the Democratic Party candidate for uh, <laughs> for the district, so that f- sounded nice. Uh, the results were pretty good. Uh, it was a three-may, three-way primary, so I had to get 50% plus one. We ended up getting about uh, 54, 55%. Yeah. Uh, so um, a good a It good wasn't picture. a walk-off homer, was it? <laughs> it wasn't. And, uh, in fact, my little brother came down uh, to watch. He lives in Tulsa. He came down to, to watch uh, with us. And afterwards he said, well, it wasn't 60%, was it? <laughs> I said, not quite. but Yeah, uh, that's what brothers are for. Yeah, right? I know. Right. Uh, but a win is a win. So your opponent in that primary was, was who? I had two. One was Wilfredo Santos Rivera, a former city or a school board member. Okay. And the other was a, a guy named Jess Eddy. Yeah. Uh, who uh, who I actually went to college with and, and yeah. knew. And yeah. um, I was really happy with those two. They, they both seemed to run pretty clean races. We had, we had some negative campaigning, but we're all pretty sure it was from outside of the three of us. In campaigning, in the world of campaigning, is that kind of a tenuous detente a lot of times, especially when it's within one, one political party or you have three people running in a political party? Is it... I mean, why would you not go negative and just hammer each other? Let's just go at it that way. Well, this was my first campaign uh, f- for public office, and I just I wasn't ready to set a tone for my political career. That is, that I will go negative immediately, and right. um, I felt that my experience and my my uh, issues, my platform was enough to run on, and I think the others did as well. Um, <clears throat> it is, of course pretty rough when when you're all in the same party and you essentially all have the same ideas and this is a this is a big year i think for democrats because the legislature has been such a mess for the last yeah. decade mm-hmm. uh but you know so you're going to these doors and talking about how you want to fund public schools and increase you know uh funding for mental health and substance abuse problems and uh work on criminal justice reform and you know uh all of the candidates are probably talking about that right so uh, at some point, someone says, "Well, why you and not the other two who had the same ideas as you?" So that's uh, uh-huh. that's that's pretty tough. So I had to I had to go with the fact that I had the best hair. <laughs> but I bet I bet that wasn't one of your talking points at the doors, was it? My hair? Yeah, your hair. N- not at every vote door. for me. I have the best hair. <laughs> no, uh, okay, it right. wasn't. But uh, I think it came down to creating relationships with the voters, right? Um, I started knocking doors June 1st of last year. Wow. And since then, um, you know, and I was friendly with my neighbors and things like that, but this is a huge and diverse district. Right. And since that time, I have really, 
uh, created some genuine friendships and I think long-lasting ones with with voters in the district uh, and they, they texted and called me last night and this morning and I had voters at my watch party and uh, I mean you know so I think that the opportunity um, to create those relationships came from the fact that we have relatively low voter turnout in House District 92 and, and not that many registered voters, which is sad. But yeah. it did give us all the opportunity to work hard to create those relationships, which I, I, I believe I did. So it was a three-way race. Okay. Why did, why did you win? Well, first of all, talk about the numbers. At the, at the end of the evening, how did the numbers turn out uh, for Democratic side, District 92? Well, we were the only one that had a primary. There oh, is, that's right, Republicans. Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's there's one no primary okay. on the Republican side. Uh, there were uh, around 700 votes cast, uh-huh. and I got I got 56 or sorry, 55 or 54 percent of that. Okay, and um, so I think that came around to uh, not even 400 votes. And I yeah. I hate to talk about how low the voter turnout is there, but um, uh, you know I think that there's a huge disparity between the um, the disappointment that, that regular folks have with the legislature and then their their yeah. their willingness to get out and vote. And I drove a few people to the polls yesterday, and my volunteers yeah. did as well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, for a lot of people, especially in my district, voting on a Tuesday is, is far from their top priority. And, and I think, you know, you saw a higher, relative higher voter, voter turnout in some of the other districts. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in more middle-class suburbs and things yeah, like that. Yeah. But for House District 92, a lot of the working people uh, in our district, um, you know, they've got jobs, not just one, probably two or three. They've got to deal with their kids and, and find, find places for them to, to be during the day. And so, you know, <clears throat> there are just a lot of, a lot of issues that they face uh, that, uh, that make it harder for them to, to participate. I mean, and then there's the other thing here is uh, the voters in House District 92 have had a few other races in the last several years, but for this House seat, they haven't had uh, a race. They haven't had an election in 10 years. Wow. So they weren't used to that, I don't yeah, think. And yeah. so, and and the district has changed since, uh, since uh, Representative Morissette won. Uh, the, right. the district lines have changed a little right, bit, so right. people just weren't used to it. Um, so I think that uh, I think that if we're going to talk about electoral reform, we should talk about increased access to early voting, right? Um, making it easier right to now, absentee ballot. Let's just for the listeners' sake, mm-hmm. listeners might might not know uh, that that Oklahoma has actually pretty good early voting uh, mechanism as far as far as it goes, where. I think uh, it was it was like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You could do early voting, but you had to go to the election board That's right. to the Oklahoma County Election Board up on up on uh, on Lincoln North Lincoln mm-hmm. up there. So for your district, a, that was that was kind of a you know city driving speaking. It's one of those almost you can't get to there from here kind of thing. That's right. And I mean it's really hard to get from parts of your district up to North Lincoln up there. Uh, where the Oklahoma County Election Board is, right? Right. It's a it's a it's a big big. It's trip. a trip. Yeah. 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 You have to like mean to go there. You don't just drive by and go. Oh yeah, I think I'm going to vote. Right. Yeah. From your district. Um, so so do you think if if they had early voting, what kind of ideas do you think? Do you think in the future you're going to talk more about absentee or voting by mail? Yeah. There? And 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 I'll say this about House District 92. There are the 
you know, the working class folks on the south side. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the district also goes downtown into midtown where you have a lot of younger people. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that the issues and barriers facing electoral participation there uh, right. are entirely different. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they're, they're close to their to their polls. Right. Um, and they have every reason to to uh, participate. Uh, but um, we Too had many distractions, right? a lot of distractions. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, to, to an extent, if you're young in Oklahoma, um, you don't see that the state government is doing a whole lot for you. And so but uh, but I think but actually it is isn't it. Is that is that is that one of the hardest climbs you've had when you've been knocking doors? Has been just just to get people aware of just really how close state laws and state government is to everybody. Yeah, that's it. And I didn't mean to say that they're not they're not affecting our lives, uh, but yes, um, people will talk a lot about the presidential election and yeah. um, and they and they'll talk uh, they'll talk a lot about the politicians who inspire them and things like that and right. and and. and and talk about why they they don't vote, and it and time and again it's it's something, it's something higher than than local. And I try to explain to people, you know, voting for your state representative is going to have more impact on your day to day life yeah. than voting for president. But even more than state representative is your city council member or your school board member. Right. I mean, a lot of the things that people are upset about mm-hmm. are potholes or right. You know, yeah. school education issues at the district level. That's right. And, and I will explain to them how it is all interconnected. And if the state legislature had done more to fund education, Oklahoma City Public Schools wouldn't be in as much of a bind as they are. Yeah. Um, and that, you yeah, know, so when we're worried about school funding, that, that's at the state level. There are some federal grants that come down and federal money that comes down. But oftentimes the, fe- the federal grant money is administered by the State Department of Education. A lot right. of people don't understand that. Right. Do they? Yeah. So, yeah, so if you don't like the school funding issue that's the state legislature right and that's what you're running for right yeah. and then and then if but they will complain and they will say well it's it's the school board or it's the city council and um but but turnout for those races is even lower than it is for yeah. for mine uh so there is a, a line you have to walk between voter education and um uh, sort of advocating for your own uh for your own campaign so yeah. i've tried to do both as best i can yeah yeah okay why don't we why don't we talk now just just about the lay of the land of of house district 92 <laughs> that is an amazing gerrymandered district um, um not quite as much there's a senate district in oklahoma city that's more gerrymandered than that but not by not by much why don't we start on the far southeast corner of your district sure. and just kind of describe where that, what communities mm-hmm. that district entails? Because, boy, it's it's a real cross-section across the south side of Oklahoma City, isn't it? It is. Uh, it starts just north of Valley Brook right. on 59. Right. Which, is, which is down just north of the old Crossroads Mall. Mm-hmm. Now it's Plaza Mayor at mm-hmm. the Crossroads. So, so that's where we're talking about starting and then working north now. So we have just uh, one little area on the east side of I-35 and it's between southeast 59th and southeast 44th all the way to Bryant. Mm -hmm. You got Bodine Elementary over there. Um, You have a a couple of uh, small neighborhoods and um, and the far 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 southeast corner of it is is uh, pretty um, a forgotten place. Uh, My favorite street is Empire Boulevard Empire. Like the, I like the name of it. <laughs> and the people there are great, but they really do feel 
they feel they feel forgotten. Yeah, and a lot of people on the south side feel forgotten, right. but it is it is it is amplified down there. Uh-huh. Uh, and so starting there, and then going um, going west across I thirty five, you've got the corner between I two forty and I thirty five. There's a there's a neighborhood there where actually my my mom and her her uh, siblings spent their summers. Okay, um, and she described this neighborhood to me. With, with fond memories, but when she goes back, it's, it's not quite the same for her. Right. So, uh, you know, it, it's a great place, too. And then you, you go a little bit further north. That's where I live at 54th and Walker. Um, and, you know, working class people, yeah. older folks. Yeah. Um, if you go up into the east a little bit where my car was stolen, that's a neighborhood called Top of the Town, uh-huh. <clears throat> southeast 22nd and Stonewall. This this neighborhood is uh, a hidden jewel, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, is that is that that neighborhood where, uh, um, where it's got such a great view of downtown? Yes, it's like it's like kind of a bump in the geography, yes. isn't it? Yes. You got Capitol Hill, the hill, the old Capitol Hill uh-huh. is kind of a bump geographically, but then you go on over there. Mm-hmm. That's kind of right where the river turns, right yes. there, isn't it? And then just southeast of where the river makes a turn down there, hooks around Bricktown. Yeah, it is. It is really, really, uh, yeah, a really beautiful view, and the, yeah. the people are great. Um, but a lot of little houses lo- that, that that haven't always been taken very good care of. Right. But I've met yeah. people there who say they've lived there for 65, 70 wow, years. Wow. Yeah. And they're they're upset with with the direction that their neighborhood has taken. Yeah. And um, do they feel like the like city government has really kind of gone out around them there in a lot of ways? They yeah, feel, they feel kind of forgotten by everybody. By, by just about everybody, and you know, there are people who say, you know, their parents moved in there when that was sort that was like the the city limits, and beyond that was <laughs> was just fields. Yeah. So, so they've seen quite a bit, but right. uh, the neighborhood itself has changed a whole lot. It yeah. was middle class families then, and and it's it's, it's now lower income. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you can't you can't beat the view, and it's such a uh, sort of a dense neighborhood, and yeah. It's is it a, a real cohesive kind of neighborhood? Do people know each other pretty well? Well, they used to, and I'm actually working with with one woman there who wants to start up her neighborhood association again. Yeah, she good. remembers when there used to be one, and now she wants to have one again. So yeah, that that kind of thing uh, that gets me really really excited about yeah. my work because you know as a state representative there are obviously the official duties that you have, but uh-huh. also just just knowing who to talk to and who to connect people with with right. that kind of thing is wonderful. Yeah. And and sure, yeah. Um, as you shore up each community within that that district, that that helps that helps everybody, doesn't it? Oh, of course. And when you have increased neighborhood participation, right. you, you likely have um, more people talking with each other about you know what issues that they have, and they realize, right. oh, I'm not the only one bothered by this, or I'm not the only one who wants to see <laughs> this this uh-huh. happen. Yeah. Um, let's get together and get our road repaved, or let's get together yeah. and get a stop sign put in there, or whatever. So th- there's that, and then of course you mentioned Capitol Hill, and Capitol Hill's mm-hmm. amazing, and, and they're oh, going his- historic Capitol Hill, uh-huh. and, they've, and kind of the area just south of there, right? Uh huh. Yep. And, yeah. and Grill on the Hill, my favorite uh, Southside yeah, yeah. eatery, is there. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I had my, my election day breakfast there. It was delicious. <laughs> I didn't have much of an appetite, but but the food was good anyway. But um, yeah, you're gonna eat it anyway. You're gonna if, you're gonna if eat it's it. there. That's the reason why it's dangerous for me to go in there. Yeah, it's and, rough. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that's beautiful. And they're they're kind of going through a renaissance right now. O Triple C is building a satellite campus there. Yeah. 
Uh, and libraries re- totally remodeling. Yep, they're remodeling the that right there. Yeah. And uh, yeah. there's actually uh, a school board member Gloria Torres has a has a Southside Civic Group that meets once a month. Right. In the back room there. And kind of an ad hoc group, but it's it, you know it's kind of turned into kind of a ad hoc chamber of commerce. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. You just you go and and she lets everybody kind of update everybody yeah. else on what they're working on, yeah. and so you just kind of get plugged in on everything. Um, and Donna Cervantes is doing a great job right. with uh, with yeah. uh, uh, their their organization. They do street parties every every so once in a while. It's great. And then you go north of Capitol Hill, you go across the river uh, well you got part of wheeler district is in is in my district okay the, the, yeah. i think the second phase of it will be so we're yeah. waiting to see what that'll look like and then north of the river of course you have the core downtown and okay so that's where the ferris wheel is the ferris wheel is just south uh and is just west of my district just, just west of your district uh-huh. okay yeah all right uh and so uh and then and then downtown and midtown and yeah okay uh, everybody knows what's going yeah, on there okay. so it's pretty fun but it's, so it's very downtown and midtown is included with the, these other neighborhoods on the south side yeah and yeah, and a okay. lot of the people on the south side um and i and i count myself there are are excited about what's happening downtown yeah but they feel that it's time that they got some attention as well. There's been a lot of attention to downtown, mm-hmm. which has really paid off. And uh, so now many of your constituents in the rest of your district are saying, mm-hmm. okay, time time for neighborhoods. And when and when Oklahoma City brags about how they've they've changed downtown mm-hmm. and they've they've gotten rid of crime and things like that. Yeah. They they haven't really. They've it's actually gone it. elsewhere. They've pushed hasn't it? it out. Right. They've pushed yeah. it out, and they pushed yeah. it to the south side, and right. they pushed it out to the, the east side, and even right. the yeah. northwest side. Yeah. And, uh-huh. um, so while I'm excited about all of that, um, I think that the city and to an extent the state um, have a kind of responsibility to um, right. to yeah. really follow through on on that, uh, right. you know, uh, and and make sure that everybody in Oklahoma City is, yeah. is getting... So from Midtown, does it kind of jog west now? Does your district yes. kind of jog to the west it does. of Midtown? Ta- yep, it takes in a state fair okay. grounds, uh, and then just north of the state fair to 12th Street or 13th Street, depending where you yeah. are. So just south of Plaza District. Um, my friend Jason Dunnington loves to tell me just how just how close and yet far away I am from having the Plaza <laughs> District in my district. <laughs> Um, <laughs> little, little, uh, you know, friendly elbowing under the yeah, bucket there. Yeah, by, yeah. People uh, in the same party. Okay. But those those areas are really neat too. Yeah. So I look at I look at all of uh, House District ninety two as a, a lot of smaller communities. Right. Each each have their own concerns and their own hopes for their area. But you know, I've met people on the, you know I saw a shooting on the north side, and people think crime happens on the south side. No. Uh, I got my car stolen on the south side, but that happens on the north side. Yeah. Um, I've met people on the north side who have problems getting the health care coverage right. that they yeah. need, and on the south yeah. side, yeah. and I yeah. know some universal problems no matter where you live in the city. Right? Absolutely, yeah. and I think that House District ninety two is a great microcosm of the entire state. In that, well, it really is an amazing cross section. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, it might if, be an intersection, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Forrest. I didn't actually pay Forrest to say that. He just <laughs> came up with it. Um, so um, it really it really does just kind of slice across a lot of different 
cultures within Oklahoma City culture, doesn't it? It does. And I mean, if if you know this city, I drove a cab, you know, for about a year while I was going back to school once upon a time, and and a lot of it was on the south side of Oklahoma City. So you know, when you're describing this, anybody that really knows this city at all can can hear you talk about north of Valley Brook uh, to top of the town. Uh, you know, Walker and 50th, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and and then downtown, Midtown, and then State Fair. Yeah. I mean, that, that that is an amazing cross-section of people to try and represent. And, and I, I think it's absolutely uh, would be an honor to be able to do it. And, yeah. I, and I think, like I was saying, you really gain some perspective because um, – for every person, the biggest issue that they face on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. is important. And a lot of times people out of desperation will say, I, I don't understand why people are focusing on A when they should be focused on B. Right, yeah. And then the other people, you know, north of the river or south of the river, they're facing their own issues right? and, and, uh, and feeling the same way. But what I'm learning uh, and what I felt before was that we can and should focus on all of these things. Yeah. I don't like to be negative, but... And we can. You're saying we can. We, we can, and we and should. We, yeah, we don't have to pick and choose. There's not just one thing that we can work on. That's right. Yeah. So, so for example, at the, at, the, at the state level, they're really focusing on science, technology, engineering, and math. And they're saying, well, we need to catch up. Oklahoma is is 48th 49th in the yeah. in the nation yeah. and the and the United States is 37th in developed countries in the world in education. Right. You look at these countries that are doing well and they're not only doing well in STEM. <coughs> they're investing. Yeah. Sorry, they're investing in arts education. Right. <coughs> and uh and history and and culture and all of those things. Yeah. And for us to say, well, let's just count those things out and try to catch up in this one area is not that's no way to aspire to do it's well kinda, by your kind of classic american either or thinking isn't it sure not not both and right but, but right. either or right you know just you know we spent a lot of time i'm i'm hoping this isn't just because my former geography teacher you know that we've been talking about the geography right. of your district but but um i mean to me to me that represents you know your district is kind of a microcosm of of this of this city really it's it's kind of a sampling of just how diverse this city really is yeah and when you're going to the state house of representatives and you're trying to talk to somebody who's a representative from Guyman Oklahoma which you have to do uh-huh. uh, I mean that isn't the city council it it's the state of Oklahoma legislature right you're talking to somebody from Tishomingo you're talking to somebody from Tahlequah and you're talking to somebody from Guyman and you're trying to get them to come along with you on something that's going to benefit your district right so um, that's that's the kind of horse trading that's necessary but people like disdain so much but it you know it's kind of a necessary thing so so Forrest how do you how do you think you're going to be able to 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 explain your um, the need, the needs of your district to get the needs of your district met uh, in the legislature, uh, where you're sitting across the table from the representative from Guyman, the representative from Tahlequah and Tishomingo. Right. Well, I you know, I think I can draw on the frustrations of of 
people in my district who feel forgotten by their city yeah. uh, with rural legislators who... Yeah, in, rural people feel absolutely forgotten. Right, in this, yeah. in this era where there is a, a mass uh, migration to yeah, yeah. urban cores, right. I can say I understand where you're coming yeah. from. Uh-huh. But inner city uh, schools, for example are not only suffering because of the state budget crisis, they are always dealing with right. uh, unique issues that That's face right. urban schools. Rural schools have the same problem. Yeah. Um, it's, it, they, they look different, yeah. but, but the, but the Scale impact... Scale may, may be different. But yeah, of yeah. course, but the impact mm-hmm. on the child is the same. Yeah. Outdated school books, right. uh, uh, a lack of resources, yeah. uh, teachers hard to find. Uh, yeah. and, and so... I think that there is so much more uh, that uh, binds us than divides us right. uh, all across the state. And I'll say this. If you go down to Southeast 59th and Empire Boulevard, some of that area looks more rural than it does urban. <laughs> it and does. then, of course, you get down to, to Midtown and Downtown, and, and it's the, the densest part of the, uh, right. of the state. Yeah. So I think I'm in a unique position to be able to uh, communicate and uh, connect with legislators yeah. from all over the state if I'm lucky enough to be elected in November. Yeah. So so the primary didn't didn't decide the election last night. You're running against a Republican. Who's who's going to be your opponent? His name is Joe Griffin, okay. uh, and he worked for the— Is he an incumbent? He is not, no. Not it, this is an open seat. Uh, so it's an open seat. R- right. Representative yeah. Morissette uh, served it well for 12 years yeah. Yeah. and uh, has endorsed me. And, um, uh-huh. and the district itself— is uh, the numbers are good for a Democrat. Yeah. President Obama won it with 58% of the vote. Yeah. Joe Dorman won it with 59% of the vote. Yeah. So for <laughs> Oklahoma, that's that's pretty significant. It's one of those few exciting districts for, mm-hmm. for Democrats. Mm-hmm. And I expect a, 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 a fun and, and lively yeah. uh, race with my Republican opponent. Um, and, I, and I hope to expect a fair, a fair competition right. focused on the issues because... Mm-hmm. Um, these, these, the voters in House District 92 are truly dealing with, um, in many times, life and death situations right. with their right. medication or with their their yeah. job prospects and right. things like that. So there's just no time uh, to make this anything other than an issue yeah. uh, oriented race. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? What do you think are going to be from this point on? Now you're running against a Republican, so, so what are your, like top three talking points? Do you think that you're going to take on, here from this point on? From an issues perspective, yeah. or yeah, um, you know, uh, it'll be the same as it was in the in the primary. Mm-hmm. We need to we need to invest more in education. We need to do more for public safety. Yeah, create safe neighborhoods. Because positive change comes from the bottom up, and we need to make sure that we're taking care of uh, those in the shadows of life, as Hubert Humphrey said. Yeah. Uh, those those who are dependent on a social safety net that in Oklahoma right. dwindles by the day. Mm-hmm. Um, older folks who are truly making a decision every month between getting their medication or buying their groceries. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know veterans and others who suffer from mental health or, or substance abuse issues so th- those are those are my top three things and, if, and you know and and then a lot of other issues kind of fall under that yeah. criminal justice reform for people who right. who made a bad mistake but but didn't um didn't didn't necessarily 
hurt anybody who need rehabilitation instead of institutionalization. Right. And I will say those things and I will say, listen, are you better off now than you were 10 years ago or 12 years mm-hmm. ago mm-hmm. when the Republicans took over? Right. Uh, I, I think for a lot of people, the answer there is going to be no. Look, look outside your front door. Is your street yeah. better? Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have kids? Where do they go to school? Is, you, is yeah. the school better or worse? I want to interject here at this point that the, that the Republicans have had a supermajority for how long now? In, in both houses, they've had a supermajority. That means that they could outvote the Democrats every single time. Right. And, and they, for the most part, have. They do. They, they do. Uh-huh. But I think you saw last, uh, this last session that the Democratic bloc in the House uh, was able to work with factions of the Republican Party right. to either get things done or stop bad ideas. Right. Um, and very often though that was that was because of constituent pressure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and, yeah. and the constituents I mean it wasn't it wasn't because the Democrats walked across the aisle and said and said, okay, what about this? Because if there hadn't been constituent you know, those things were pretty much limited to wherever there was heavy constituent pressure. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, those issues, sure. Then, Edu- then the then the moderate Republicans started talking to the Democrats. Right. At that point. Right. Right. Yeah. Or, or or you'll see you'll see very conservative Republicans uh, like to say sometimes they went so far to the right they they've met us at the left <laughs> who who are concerned with privacy issues or things like that. And well, yeah, that that they share with the Democrats. And I think that that's that that right there is incredibly important. And yeah, I wouldn't yeah. call that horse traded. I, I I would call yeah. that I would call that um, compromising and finding common ground right with right. which to do something. You know, yeah. just do yeah. something and. To, on that note, uh, that the hashtag do something okay, I think really took off. Andy yeah. Moore, uh, his let's fix this. He was at my watch party last night. He's a great guy. Uh-huh. Um, those those kinds of efforts are um, are doing a whole lot too to embolden right. both the Democratic caucus yeah. and your more moderate Republicans to say, listen, we do not have to do more to embarrass ourselves on an international stage. <laughs> we can start yeah. to look at at least not damaging further any of these agencies that have taken such a huge cut lately. Okay. Force, Force Bennett, uh, how can how can uh, people get a hold of you? How can they learn about you more? Do you have a website? I do. It's voteforce.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at vote or at uh, Forrest Bennett. Uh, my Facebook page is Forrest Bennett for State Representative, and um, my contact information is there. And I would love to get anybody who's interested in helping us out connected. Yeah. All right. Good. Um, do you do you have a map on your website of your district right now? I will have to check uh, <laughs> because because a lot of a lot of people just may not really can be able to conceptualize where that. Right. You know, whether they're in your district, we do have, and I think, I think it's on the website. We do, we do have a, a section where they can. It'll it links them to the the house, right? Uh, yeah. The the legislative website yeah. where they can yeah. plug in where they live, and then it'll show them everyone uh, who represents yeah. them. And I think that that's right. important. Okay. Well, top top two things that you that you learned knocking doors, for what it's been almost a year now knocking o- doors over a year over a year. Um, yeah, I'll say that. I studied political science in undergrad, and I got yeah. my, my master's in public administration, and I'd been talking in abstract terms about a lot of these, these political <laughs> issues for a long time. And, it, and that got me fired up enough because I'm, yeah. uh, I want to see more done for people. But knocking on these doors and meeting people and realizing um, intimately how they really do affect people on a day-to-day uh, level, I, that, that was very eye-opening for me, and it, and it only encouraged me to work harder. Uh, the second thing, <laughs> um, 
you just never know what to expect when yeah. you're when you're knocking doors and meeting people from getting your car stolen to seeing a, a shooting to uh oh i i interrupted a birthday party once and, and got to go inside and have some cake um <laughs> so i would say that that you that you meet, and you ate some birthday cake i did yeah i i, I said no several times but they shoved the, the plate in my face and the cake i must say was delicious uh, yeah um uh, it was this little girl's fourth birthday and um so what we call retail politics that's right where yeah. you're where you're right there on the front porch and i'm not i'm not if it involves cake i'm not that mad (laughs) so there really is a big difference between yeah the the abstractions that you necessarily have to have to use in the classroom Uh all those kind of fell away didn't they people's problems are not abstract they're real yeah and i was still you know i was still teaching at ou teaching government and um before i started knocking doors i was i was passionate enough about this stuff but afterwards i was uh I would be talking to the students about a particular issue, and I would say, you know, I met somebody the other day who, yeah. and then I would just launch into this diatribe about it. Um, and I'm sure it bored some of the students, but but others others found a way to connect with that in a yeah. way that a, that a textbook right. wouldn't. And so that was really important to me. And and these are these are stories and 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 insights that I will take with me from here on, no yeah, matter what happens. This, in yeah, yeah. From this point on, you're a very different political science teacher, aren't you? I am, and, yeah. and just a very different person and a different citizen yeah. of Oklahoma yeah. uh, because uh, because of what I've seen. And and I think and I hope that every candidate who has to knock all of these doors and um, learn the names of the people who are mm-hmm. affected by the decisions that they make, I hope that they, uh, when they get up to the legislature, I hope they carry those those stories yeah. with them yeah. um, because and stay connected yeah oh of course yeah. and stay stay responsive and that's one thing that I learned and I know we've got to cut this soon but that's another thing I learned is that a lot a lot of people really you know we don't always have to agree with them on everything right but they want to hear from us right uh, I can't tell you how many times I heard somebody say wow nobody I can't remember the last time somebody came by my door to ask yeah. for my vote yeah yeah but more importantly you know, these people want to feel like they have some type of say. And if and if I vote in a way, you know, every single time I vote in the legislature, if, I, if I'm elected, it's going to uh, make some people happy and it's going to make some people upset. I'm never yeah, going to yeah. be able to make everybody right, happy yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. But if I can go back to those people and say, look, this is why I voted the way I did. I want you to understand right. this was the information that I had. Um, and just just if, if it just means standing on their porch and letting them yell at me for a little bit, I understand. <laughs> they, they've okay. got to have an outlet. All right, good. Forrest Bennett running for uh, Democrat, running for House District 92 in Oklahoma City, that cuts across a lot of different uh, a lot of different neighborhoods. Uh, Forrest, thank you very much for your time today, and uh, you're putting in a lot of hard work on 100 degree days, knocking doors still, aren't you? Well, I I, I got to cancel my gym membership because I lost so much weight knocking doors, <laughs> so I'm not too upset. All right, that's great. <laughs> All right, Forrest, thank you very much. Thanks, Brett. Good interview. That concludes our interview. There are several ways for you to catch this weekly podcast. Go to our website at intersectionsok.com where you can subscribe, listen to episodes, read the backstory, and see photos of our guest. On iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and our Facebook page, we are Intersections Oklahoma. On Twitter and Instagram, we are Intersections OK. I always want to hear about the cool people in your life. So write to me. My email address is ideas at intersectionsok.com. Stephen Tyler is our awesome production advisor, and I am your host, 
Brett Dickerson.